The Hurling Pod on OTB Sports. I look at the way Pekin celebrate. I look at the way Limerick celebrates a monster, right? To, to go, we actually want to win the next you know, Or were they treating it as just another game, another step forward? That's, that's the question I have. Subscribe to the GA podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Uh, Dan, we wanted to go through uh, a couple of League of Ireland tidbits over the next little while, I guess, before we get into your breakthrough stars of the season, which is one of the things we wanted to do. We've just got to talk about Rovers Bowes this Friday. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a sort of a strange old time in the League of Ireland. It's actually a time of the year I quite enjoy um, that a lot of the other football stops. Obviously, you know, for a lot of people are like they're in the sort of season is over mode. Um, but the League of Ireland being a summer campaign, it's sort of it. It's always a little bit. The, it comes back out of the summer break, and it's always a little bit overshadowed by the international break naturally, and like the hangover from that. Um, but now you have this sort of run over the next sort of month, five weeks or so, and even particularly with like I know it's a slight side story, but even the fact that GEA is finishing so early this year, and the yeah. calendar is like you know it's not as dense as it would be. So like a lot of counties will will obviously be will be gone and will have lost interest. The European um, runs could coincide. Well, that's what I'm saying. Zone, there's, yeah. a, there's a little sweet spot there in in July where if if if, if one of the clubs and it's more likely to be Shamrock Rovers just because the nature of the competition they're in to get a couple of cracks at it. But they actually do have an opportunity this year to sort of absorb a fair amount of like of interest and attention if they can get it right. And, and there's also three clubs in the, the conference league as well. So um it's it's been like the, the fact that Rovers Bowes again it's sold out four days in advance, it's sort of been in keeping with the story of the season and that um, crowds have been very good generally this year. And I'm not sure if, if there's nec- I don't think it's necessarily reflected in like more discussion around the around the place or more media coverage and stuff. I think that's been pretty solid and stable as it has been over the last couple of seasons. But there's no doubt that probably post post COVID or whatever, like more people are going. And I think individually clubs are doing more work to sort of hold their fan base and I think sometimes like we'll always you always talk about the League of Ireland sometimes in very broad terms of you know how can we get more people interested but almost like the first step to to that really more than anything is is getting your own sort of casual fan base tied down and becoming more regular and I think that that's what you're seeing happen and probably particularly in a, in Dublin where you have a situation now in Tala um, and the Shamrock Rovers ground where I mean when they would have been doing maybe the third stand there and um, there might have been some people who might have thought well you know, the average attendance here is whatever you know three four thousand why do they almost need this 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 third stand or is this essential and now you're looking at a situation where it is sort of a build it and they will come type thing where they're sort of regularly getting more than 7,000 people in Tala and they're in the process of actually doing the fourth stand behind the goal which is going to they're starting construction work on that now, which is going to bring the capacity towards ten thousand. And now I'm looking at this going, yeah, this is this is this is justifiable. Yeah. Whereas you know six seven years ago there was a couple of thousand people going to their games, so it's mad. But yeah, Robert's Bowes is sold out like three four days in advance. That's like seven and a half thousand people going. Um, and there's been a definitely like a, a spectating revival of sorts in Dublin. Or maybe is it a revival or is it more an overdue tapping into the population that's there? Yeah. Um. You know, because in my time, maybe covering the league, certainly um, Dublin has been. You'd, you'd often go around the country to say Cork or Dundalk or and, and Sligo at times, and, and talk about isn't it great the community are involved in this, and actually maybe just belatedly 
some of the clubs in Dublin are doing that but and because a lot of the media are based in Dublin maybe there's more positivity about the league this year because you're actually seeing and hearing a lot more people going to games you know which is a big point which is, which is pretty important yeah you know? well, absolutely were, were you worried a couple of weeks ago that this title race is going to just run away from the neutral entirely and is it, <laughs> yeah. is it back on, on song again yeah I think this thing so like the Dog Beach Shamrock Rovers on, on Friday um, I think it was mentioned yesterday right, that like they're what they're five points behind now with a game in hand um, but it's still like yeah like it's there's still this probably niggling sense that Shamrock Rovers are going to probably win the league and probably run away from it unless unless Europe becomes a, such a distraction for them that it opens the door for someone else but like that certainly has been the issue with the last couple of seasons I mean Shamrock Rovers have won the league but probably haven't got a huge amount of external sort of love or, or you know not being part of like big team of the year discussions or anything like that because there's probably a sense that it's been quite comfortable for them in the league they haven't really been pushed mm. they haven't really faced the an outstanding challenger. I mean, you had that excellent Dundalk team, which you know, the Stephen started with Stephen Kenny's era and was the dominant team and basically imploded through just bad sort of decisions off the pitch. And and almost Shamrock Rovers were coming along to probably try and knock Dundalk off their perch, but then the Dock took themselves off the perch before anyone could get there. They toppled themselves. And so Shamrock Rovers have taken the crown and now, bizarrely enough, it's possible that the, their challenger this year is going to be Dundalk again because they've got Stephen O'Donnell in and in a very short space of time he's probably built a, you know, built a sort of environment that may may look like it might endure and challenge and, and give us some kind of title race because certainly the last couple of seasons um, and I've even, you know, even Declan McBennett from RTE has made this point and stuff when there's criticism around TV coverage it doesn't help when come October, November, there's no, well, this is the game to win the league or this is the, the key match of the season like you might have had with some of those Cork and Dock games in the last decade. Every year there was almost a big, pivotal game. You haven't really had that the last couple of years and certainly it would help. But it, it looked like Derry City were going to be the team that would challenge. They've just, their form has gone off a cliff yeah. since they played Rovers and Tala and were very good. Um, and now the Dock seem to have sort of slipped, on, slipped up the rails and they might be poised to challenge. We wanted to go through some of the breakthrough stars of the League of Ireland season so far. So what we've done is, uh, what you've picked out, five players. Picked out five, yeah. Five. Oh, born like, this century. Yeah, born this century because I think there's no doubt that the big change with the league in the last couple of years is the age profile. And you have a situation now where I suppose you're always talking about like how do you make the league accessible to people. And there, we now have a situation where I suppose in five, six years' time, uh, hopefully, you know the the Irish senior team has players like Nathan Collins and Jason Knight and the generation that's there at the moment. Troy Power. I know Gavin Bazuna did play here, um, but still, probably those players that play senior football here are the minority in terms of the senior squad. Although there's been a greater increase in traffic, um, but but now obviously, unless players go to Europe at 16, 17. The, the top talents will generally play here and you'll get to see them here maybe for a while before moving on. Now, I'm not sure if these players are all sort of uh, going to go on and play senior international football but they are all under the age of, sort of 22 or under and five big names this year so um, will I just run through them? Yeah, like maybe start with yeah. Andy Lyons? Yeah, so Andy Lyons is probably the the, the like he's not to describe him as a breakthrough star is maybe slightly unusual because he's quite a well known player with Bowes over the last couple of seasons, including like he broke into the Ireland 21 squad while at Bowes. 
but he's one this year who has gone from Bowes to Shamrock Rovers over the winter controversial transfer but there was probably a lot of Bowes fans going ah, do you know what like He's probably a bit like he's not as good as he used to be. He's right. maybe a little bit overrated. Um, I think he was keen to go to the UK, and I'm not sure if he was really getting uh, bites. There would have been compensation issues. I think that um, if 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 it come to it, the people from Bowes would say the, the, there wouldn't have been an issue there. But either way, he went to Shamrock Rovers, and it was almost a sense of yeah, like it's no no great loss to Bowes, and he's gone from he's gone from being a right back with Bowes to a left wing back at Shamrock Rovers and all of a sudden has brought his performances absolutely to another level on, a, it's on an attacking level isn't it on it's an attacking like, level yeah, yeah. Like he's, he's scored quite a few goals in the opening sort of third of the season um, he, he had international duty last month he wasn't involved in, in Dundalk last week and I presume it's a carry on from that um, but he's been exceptionally good and probably one of those where like Shamrock Rovers are trying to create probably you know some kind of elite environment out there and last year they took Danny Mandrio from from Bowes to Shamrock Rovers again at Bowes there was mixed views around him and he went to Tala and he sort of went to another level got into an Ireland squad and in fact was on standby for the Ireland squad last month and Andy Lyons again is one who suddenly he's changed environment and for whatever reason he seems to have taken flight and now looks like a, a really good player who probably um, who will have UK proper UK interest now um, if it comes to pass he's definitely one that stood out this year yeah and is Stephen Bradley's decision to stay at the club do you think keeping this team a little bit more close you mentioned that the English links were more during his Bose time though yeah, yeah. Well, it, it was more. You see, he was out of contract at Bowes, and right. basically, the, it came to the stage where you, you're, if you're an out of contract player, I think he, I think he was desperate to go to England, to be honest. But I'm not sure if there was any real, like, there was a bit of interest, but not enough to maybe uh, trigger someone. They would have had to do a deal with Bowes, and then it's it, to move within one domestic club. There's a smaller amount of money involved without getting bogged down in sort of compensation things. But it was a little bit of a for Rovers. It was a sense of are they just stockpiling a player here because he's a good local player but actually no they've they've turned him into or he has turned out to be uh, a signing that I think even Rovers players he's been better than they thought as well they would they would sort of tell you that privately yeah. uh, next up we've got Dundalk goalkeeper Nathan Shepherd. yeah a strange path on, on this man's career yeah so so he's um, he's the Welsh under 21 goalkeeper uh, so, so so Dundalk last season um with all the other stuff that was going on off the park which contributed to their downfall they also had like dreadful goalkeeping issues to the point where they had um, Albanian Italian goalkeeper called Alessio Abibi who I think um, through the American ownership and management team they thought that, that this guy would be the answer and he was not the answer with all due respect to that he was very confident a good interview <laughs> not as good as goal, not as good at goalkeeping um, and it really cost them big time there's and a they, book in the Italian yeah, links with Dundalk uh, uh, just, just, there actually I mean, there definitely is someone just needs to motivate themselves to, to, <laughs> to, to, to get stuck into it but um, so they signed this Welsh run 21 goalkeeper Nathan Shepherd at the start of the year um, previously with Brentford um, Brentford B um, and He's quite young looking as well. Like I'm, I think I'm not sure is he 22, 21, um, but he probably looks younger. You know, he sort of has that sort of sort of choir boy look or something. And in his first game or two, um, he looked a little bit ropey. You could see teams putting corners in on top of him and thinking they might dominate this fella. And actually, since then, his performance levels have been really good. He's been ex- exceptionally good for the Dundalk, really. Um, 
to the point he, I think when he joined, he was Welsh on 21 backup keeper, but he's played himself, he's made himself their first choice on the strength of his performances uh, with Dundalk, you know, that Welsh football has this programme, which is like they're probably like a sort of an against the head or a magazine style programme. And like there's there's three Welsh lads at Dundalk at the start of the season and like they did this like 20 minute feature of up with the lads around Dundalk. Like nice. our Welsh, like it's, it's sort of a surreal thing that yeah. like you get more magazine TV coverage in Wales than there's no equivalent Irish version of this you know and they're like very interested as to why like why are so many of, of Welsh underage internationals playing in this town in Ireland it's very unusual but it's actually boosted their profile at home and Shepard's been excellent so he's he's sort of in their title challenge which may now exist he's been a key element of it Absolutely yeah. uh, next up we've got Sam Curtis and St. Pat's and in the end of this morning uh, there's well David Kelly's just mentioning the links with Feyenoord which I think have been reported Yeah, yeah I think I think Neil O'Reardon and the Sun had mentioned that but this is the more this is what I'm talking about in terms of the type of player you're going to see in the league now like Sam Curtis is only 16 and um, probably at another time Sam Curtis would have gone to wherever some English club by now he would have gone on his 16th birthday or the summer of his 16th birthday um, it's different but like James Abankwa who played for Pat's broke through last year um, would have been slightly older than Curtis is now but got his move to Udinese and he's, he's on his way there this summer um, Curtis is a right back um, he's a defender but he's been playing right back um, having previously been with Shamrock Rovers and played for their second team I think at the age of like 14 and a half but then made a move to some Pats which was sort of controversial in some ways to people um, but Pats have obviously promised him a degree of first team football and yeah, he's he's had some tough days, there's no doubt. Like there was one game recently against Shells, he was taken off at half time, he was on a yellow, he was struggling, but he played like what, seventy two hours later and was very good, which sort of suggests a degree of character. And this is the point, like he's getting exposure to first team men's football at a good level at sixteen. And it's no surprise now you're t- you're hearing about Feyenoord and, and other European clubs, and you are going to see more of this. You're gonna see clubs playing players here at sixteen. 17 because these are going to be the top top ones of that generation um, but obviously you need to make this an industry so sometimes with that I mean Curtis is clearly good enough to play now there's nothing tokenistic about it but obviously you will see clubs will probably be happy to expose players because that's going to increase their value as well too um, because everyone dreams of a sort of a Gavin Bazulu style sale which has yeah. now basically ended up being worth around 3 million quid to Shamrock Rovers yeah yeah serious windfall we'll try and come back to that conversation a little Sorry, later on yeah. in the, like, but it's, it's really interesting especially with Carl Heffernan news yesterday uh, as well about um, that, that pathway just to finish up on the five players uh, Jack Moylan of, of Shells is next up yeah just to, yeah, to be quick with Jack Moylan like he's Damien Duff Shelburne to give them their full title um, he was on loan uh, at Wexford from Bowes last season did well in the first division but the first division is a little bit out of sight out of mind to some degree um, and on over the winter turned out for whatever reason he was allowed leave Bowes and join Shells so I think uh, it was a bit of a low profile signing but some people in the game were saying no this is a proper player look at Ephraim he's been excellent he's a sort of a number 10 creative style player it's his first season in the Premier Division and he's getting better and better all the time. So he's definitely one to look out for. And um, then uh, Brandon... Well, actually, sorry, just on Jack yeah. Moylan, sorry, just before we move on. Like, it's very hard to judge it just yet because it's season one under Damien Duff, but is your sense that 
the expectation of Duff to be able to take these younger players and to be able to build them into something better and I guess impart all his wisdom on these players yeah. is that working so far I, I appreciate it's very very hard I think to, it's to, to, yeah to get a sense of I think it's going okay I think it is going okay I know they lost last week but they prior to the break they did one I think four in a row before they lost to Shamrock Rovers Duff signed a lot of the same type of player sort of with that profile young on the way up not necessarily well known within the league but with a desire to get better um, you know training sort of full time errors in football and maybe budgets dictated some of their recruitment as well but they're generally a quite focused hungry team quite united you see they're you know socially they, they go on very well and stuff and uh, no I think I think he's doing well Right, I think I think he's doing well. I think it's got a chance of of, of getting better there. Yeah, good stuff. And then uh, finally, we're moving on to uh, Brandon Kavanagh of Derry, who moved from Shamrock Rovers. Yeah, like to, there's a couple you could have put in here. Um, I mean, Brandon Kavanagh. I suppose you need to have some kind of Derry representation. There's probably Brandon Kavanagh and the goalkeeper Brian Maher. Maybe I could have mentioned as well as the Ireland 21 goalkeeper. Um, but Kavanagh again. I suppose you're talking maybe about players people might want to go and watch. You know, and he's again. Um, a playmaker type player he can play in the number 10 or sort of left or right um, he was at Shamrock Rovers and he seemed to be out on loan all the time um, and Derry just took a chance at him by giving him a sort of a proper sort of long term contract he's moved from from Dublin to Derry and he's done well again he's someone who when he broke through at Rovers at 17-18 people thought he was going to be on the conveyor belt of talent that goes away and it hasn't quite happened but um Probably like a sort of a, in some people's eyes, maybe some like Wes Houlihan characteristics. Brandon Kavanagh, he's, he's small, he's not, you know, he's not the biggest fella, but good to watch. And he's been, uh, yeah, one of the names this year that's probably his first full season as a sort of a first teamer in the Premier Division. And he's done well. Right, okay, very interesting. So th- those are your five, uh, like an arbitrary enough number five. Yeah, just look out, yeah. yeah. There's plenty more as well. And we're going to come back to that conversation if we have time throughout the show, because as I say, there's uh, plenty of reaction to that and there's kind of wider conversations around pathways. OTB AM With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 